Hey, Cam, have you heard of Final Space? Um, where's the starting line? <laughs> Not really that kind of final. Hello, everybody. It is I, Miles. And I'm Cam. And welcome to Have You Ever Heard Of? On today's episode, we will be discussing the show Final Space. Now, we're going to be doing just the first three episodes, right, Cameron? Yeah, well, I mean, these first three were, well, especially the third one was quite a doozy. So uh, it might take me a a while to (laughs) process this before we move on to the next batch of episodes. with the rest of the season, so. Excellent, and I will be hosting. For those of you who do not know, Final Space is a space opera directed by Olin Rogers. Uh, it's about a prisoner who finds a new alien life form and adventure ensues. Hmm. If you enjoy Star Wars, Star Trek, Stargate, or other futuristic fantasies, like, uh, can you name a couple of others, Cameron? Oh yeah, like if you if you like Farscape, I would say that you should check this out. Like how could right I forget there. about how could I forget about Farscape? Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the first things that kind of popped into my head in terms of like uh, tone wise and like visual aesthetic wise. Absolutely Farscape. Well, we're gonna go through these uh, first three episodes, so you should probably stop now if you haven't seen it, and at least give the first episode a try. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it is available on Netflix, so check it out. Okay, well, for those of you who are going to go uh, check it out, so Cameron, cue up some of the music done by Shelby Mary. Will do. Okay, everybody, so there's a lot to uh, unpack with this show. I don't want to give too much away. So let's start with a quick overview of these three episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first episode, we are introduced to Gary, the ship, and the bots that imprison him, as well as Quinn and Avocado. Although, I mean, there's, there's different time periods happening as well, so we don't really see Quinn in the present, but we do learn who she is. Yes. Uh, how did you feel about this uh, rewinding history thing? And, and for a matter of fact, let's talk about how the show opens up. Yeah. With, uh, showing you Gary basically dying, letting you know he has 10 minutes to live. So, I mean, I presume as the season develops, we are going to, I guess, get closer to when this is actually happening um since this is very obviously not the end of the like honestly i thought it was going to be like the end of the episode and we were going to get to that point and then it kept happening in episodes two and three and i'm like okay um i guess this is just kind of our narrative device which is pretty cool you don't you don't see this very often as like the place that you're going to start every episode with Yes. Uh, if I may add, I don't think a lot of shows that do something like this do it very well. Probably one of the first ones that come to mind is, I believe it was called Crash. Um, Are you talking about the movie? 
Yes, the movie Crash. Mm, uh, yeah, where it's just well. like jumping all over the place, but it all yeah, kind of like intersects at the end, right? Exactly. Mm. Uh, they did a very good job of it, but there is a couple of other ones I can't really remember the names of right now that tried this, and it just didn't stand up very well. Uh, I know a few YouTube shows have tried this out, and yeah, it, it has to be something you have to plan very particularly, I so... guess is the term I'm going to use. More like what you get in Memento. Yeah, I, I can see that. I liked it in this. So uh, let's carry on. Uh, mm-hmm. We kind of meet uh, Avocado in that. Let's move on to the next episode here. Sure. Uh, this episode, episode two, Gary and Avocado go after a bounty hunter that, that managed to locate Mooncake. Uh, they meet the Lord Commander. Quinn tries to find the gravity disturbance. Uh, and how do you feel about the tone now? Well... One of the things that really kind of stuck with me for the first two episodes that wasn't really agreeing with me actually had to do more with, like, characters themselves. And I will just say it right now. For the first two episodes, I'm not really super engaged with, like, the main ele- the main plot because Gary is pretty... I don't, I wouldn't say he's cringy, but he's very annoying and uh, kind of the way he acts just to me is very grating. And I'm like, I have to follow this guy for the rest of the series because he's the main character. And oh my God, I hope this gets better because this is starting to get really grating and really annoying. And then of course, when other uh, characters are brought in, it does change that a little bit, and I was a little bit more, okay, this is more tolerable, um, so I was less frustrated. But very much, like, the first couple episodes, I just was like, I'm not sure about this, honestly. I'm not sure if this will actually be for me. Uh, very well. Uh, what about that dark joke? <laughs> okay, one... that I did like. I really enjoyed it because of the fact that it seemed to be going to a place I didn't think the show actually would. Like, to me, it seems like more vaudeville-feeling kind of light slapstick humor, like with the fact that uh, Gary keeps wanting cookies, but he's not allowed to have them. Uh, Kevin keeps doing things that Gary hates, and it just keeps ticking him off and that sort of thing. And Gary's been alone for five years. So of course he has really awkward socialization when he's actually with people that are not his keepers. But then when we get to the dark joke of him having to wear someone's skin and then unfortunately going and doing a very, very grotesque weekend at Bernie's type uh, scenario, I did not expect the show to just like suddenly swerve and go towards that type of comedy. And I liked it. Yeah, it was very almost out of nowhere. Like I Uh, was not expecting that at all. Yes, uh, very dark and very amazing. (laughs) I would Uh, certainly say that um, it can work to your advantage if you just pull a gotcha in a way. But at the same time, um, I think what also really made it better in a way was the fact that it didn't just end the first time, is that it came back 
multiple times throughout the episode. The fact that it worked so well just made it better. Like it, it didn't feel to me like it was like, okay, you did the joke. Oh my God, they're back. Like, no, we can't do this. Instead, it was like, oh, wow, how far are they going to go? How deep into a hole are we going to go with this joke? So it was kind of nice. Oh, yes. Now, uh, let's move on to number three. All right. Uh, Gary tries to hide Mooncake safely on the planet Yarno. Uh, they get grifted by the helpers who use Mooncake to sacrifice beasts for a religious reason. How did you feel about the overall of this episode? Um, well, there. Okay, so this very much was the episode where a lot was happening. And by the end of it, I just was like, what happened in this episode? I, what's going on? Because there's so many things happening because now we're bringing in multiple people and their plots are starting to intersect, but they don't intersect yet, but they're all happening at the same time over 22 minutes. So I was just like, oh, my brain hurts. I don't understand what's going on. And that wasn't a bad thing, but it just, there was so much happening that I just like, we need to talk about this episode. Yeah, there was a lot going on in this, and we actually had to discuss this uh, quite a bit. For those of you who want to listen, we do have the the bits that we recorded at the end of every episode. Uh, so if you want to hear our opinions on everything as, we, as I'm showing Cameron this, feel free to contact us and see about uh, getting those. Bonus content. Good old bonus <laughs> content. Now, uh, with this episode, uh, we did get introduced to the helpers. Uh, what did you think about their character design? Oh, yeah. So this very much was going to a place where I was just kind of like, okay, now we're very much getting into the otherworldly, very much not of our galaxy, our, our dimension type of thinking in terms of design. So in that way, it was really nice to start seeing things that don't just look like uh, things that we're used to seeing um, in this type of setting. Very much like eldritch horror type uh, I think the thing term where we're going. I think the term you're looking for is cosmic horror. Ah, uh, yeah, that that's better. Yeah, cosmic horror. Let's go with yes. that. What did you think about the, the puzzle trap that tra trapped Avocado and Gary? Very cool. Very cool visually. Once again, this um, this kind of falls into the trap that I was talking about earlier with this point in Gary's development. He's still kind of annoying, which also meant that a lot of the scrapes and even the things that he was thinking up that continued to make things worse for him and Avocado were also annoying. So it's like, yes, we're in this... We are in this mind trap, um, in this very M.C. Escher type prison, but now we're just thinking of really silly things. And honestly, I didn't enjoy that. But then again, when it took a turn towards the more serious and I guess we'll say gritty aspects of it, it was almost kind of nicer to watch. To me, it seems like Gary is trying to disconnect from reality in a way by acting the way he does. And so then when things that kind of force him to actually be in real life happen, it's a lot more enjoyable to me because 
uh, well, I mean, because he's not deflecting anymore. So we're actually digging into things that are real for lack we're of a We're actually term. exploring the real raw Gary. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So uh, I liked this episode. I feel like this episode, especially for the tone and uh, how mm-hmm. it was everywhere, really separates those who have ADD from those who don't. <laughs> Because I was able to follow that very well the first time I saw it, and I loved it. But that's just me. I generally do like when things kind of bounce around a lot. Or they get uh, really, or else I can get really hyper-focused on something is another time uh, that I do generally like on certain things. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, uh, let's... I don't want, I just, like, you know, just to quickly clarify, I don't want this to seem like I wasn't watching the show that I was confused. It's just that things happened in such a way that I was not expecting that I honestly thought that maybe I just like fell asleep for even 30 seconds and just missed a pivotal scene to connect everything together. Everything just happened so fast that I was like, whoa, uh, caught me off guard there, show. Yes. uh, Realistically, uh, this is when I say it separates those with ADHD from those without. uh... (laughs) Absolutely, I'll agree with you. This kind of went everywhere, and if you spaced out for a little bit, you could be very lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might not actually be lost, but you could definitely think you were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about uh, now that we've discussed these three episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's kind of go over briefly uh, the tone of these three episodes. Uh, how did you feel? Did you feel it was very straightforward or kind of all over the place, like that third episode? Or what What was your opinion on? What do you think the tone is of this? So I thought from the start that it was going to be kind of a more hokey, silly um, type of space romp. That's certainly where I thought it was going. Like, because even even the interactions that they have with the big bad, the Lord Commander, always had hints of levity to it with the whole, oh, the Gary is here. I am in the presence of the Gary and and things like that. So it it seemed very much for the first two episodes that we were going to be a lot more light comic um, in terms of tone. And then episode three happens and it still kind of feels that way, like, Ignoring the kind of hyper-violent stuff that's also happening. I just mean in terms of like dialogue and the overall plot and pacing of the show very much seemed light comic until like the latter half of episode three. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we're going somewhere else. It started pulling a BoJack Horseman on me. (laughs) I do like uh, the way Bojack kind of swings you around and drags you and starts you off by luring you with a little comedy and then gets real serious. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you like Bojack Horseman, you're definitely going to like the pace and the tone of this series. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, so what do you think the tone is? How would you phrase this to someone who has only seen three episodes as opposed to someone who's watched all of the show? Hmm. Well, I would totally agree with you that it starts off very almost lighthearted and joking. Mm-hmm. And then it does get more serious with this. It it wants to tell a story. Uh, it's not a uh, depressing story like Bojack Horseman, but it certainly is a serious story. So 
I think it's kind of catching you with a little bit of humor and then hopes that you get involved with the series uh, for the uh, for the adventure of it all. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. Why is Gary dying? How did he get there? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that as soon as you started up 10 minutes, uh, or actually by the start of the second episode, you realize that every minute is actually an episode. And uh, you kind of want to see where this all goes. So I think it's, I think the tone that they're really pushing for is sort of a uh, comedy adventure, I would say. Mm. Uh, nothing, it's not trying to make you think about uh, government and all, th- all of these other things. But it's definitely trying to make you interested in it to get dragged along, just well, like avocado. Well, and I mean, it's good that it <laughs> drags you along because we've still got uh, seven episodes left of the season, right? Exactly. Gotta, you know, keep you wanting more. So, is there any other thing else you wanted to add with tones? I think that covers it because the only other things that I really have to say when it comes to tone more has to do with like the actual characters and what is happening with them within the show. Okay. Uh, what about you audience? What do you think the tone is? Why don't you uh, send us a quick message or on one of our media platforms or that, or, you know, talk to us. What do you think that the first three episodes tone really is? Mm, and okay. uh, for that part, why don't you tell us about what your least favorite and most favorite characters are? Speaking <laughs> of which, let's talk about characters now. All right. Gary Goodspeed, he is the, uh, I guess you could say, the protagonist of the story. He's voiced by Olin Rogers. He's the man who uh, directed it. And he has a very quirky attitude. Tell me, Cameron, did you like it? I would say that there are like two Garys that we see one of them is very much the kind of light-hearted jokey and just always kind of coming up with like a bit of a motor mouth and just kind of like saying whatever comes out and is very annoying that gary i'm not very fond of when gary starts to actually be sincere then i don't actually have a problem with him he seems very much just like any other focal character in these types of settings and he's fine he is perfectly fine once he's at those points but he is grading when he is the other type and that's just a me thing i know plenty of people that act like gary that probably are perfectly happy watching that type of gary and just being like oh man he's great whereas with me i'm like "Eh, i can tolerate it but i'm not fond of it okay uh, would you say that he's a relatable character then? Probably not for you. <laughs> well, I mean, n- not necessarily. I mean, just because I don't like that doesn't mean I can't relate to it. I mean, if I'm just going to, you know, throw out something like this, this is kind of like Peggy Hill in King of the Hill. She's not a great person in terms of her personality. But you know people that are like her in real life. And you realize, wow, this cartoon character is could be a real person with how she has been written. So in that way, I would say Gary is relatable. That doesn't mean I like him or don't like him. I just say that's a real person. Yes. Okay, well, let's move on to the next character. Uh, let's talk about Quinn Aragon. 
Quinn Aragon is voiced by Tinka Sumter. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Uh, who is who is she, and why does Gary like her? What do you think, Cameron? <laughs> I mean, if I was to just like say, why does he like her? I feel like it's very much just because of the fact that she is on her own when he first meets her, and she's very much just kind of like stuck in her work. And I, I mean, it's this is gonna sound weird, but all the humans look the same. All of the um, other like planets that they go to, everyone there kind of looks the same. They don't have the style is simplistic enough that people that different races don't really have unique individuals. Well, so, I think you're just being racist. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I don't want to say this, but at the same time, this is just how it felt to me. And it's and again, I'm saying this with like basically every person that we see it's not that you wouldn't be able to tell them apart because they are different people but every single human that i've seen so far in the show i've just been like they're humans that's all i can say excellent uh do you think quinn is a little too headstrong well i don't see why that's a bad thing it's <laughs> i mean you could say the same thing about Gary, though, because that's that is like his big thing is that he doesn't know when to say no to things and he doesn't stop to check himself before he wrecks himself or other people or restaurants or spaceships. So he's already quite headstrong. So I think she's going to be in good company when she joins the crew in that way. So here's my little theory about them. I think Gary is in love with Quinn, not because he was, she was the last guy that he saw. I think Quinn kind of stands for something that Gary wants to be. Yeah, I can see that. I very much can see that. Um, like, cause we kind of, dive into that like a teeny tiny bit in the third episode when they're in the when they're in the mine prison something that i presume is going to get covered a whole lot more as we go on because you don't just like introduce something like that and then just leave it there oh don't count your That's, eggs before they hatch i mean okay but i'm fair enough we'll this we'll is get a story to, that. to tell cameron well, this has I, a story uh go ahead yeah, I get that. I'm just, I mean, yes, there are thing, there are red herrings and things like that that happen, but uh, it just seemed to me like there is something going on with Gary's past, as in before uh, he went and pulled his stunt to try to impress Quinn and then, you know, wound up in prison for five years, that is going to get covered as we go into this, because there's things there that mm, seem like we're going to explore. It just, it seems like that's where the story's going to go to me in okay. my history of watching other things. And there's a certain amount of genre savviness that it has occurred to me in this point in the season. Excellent. Well, let's move on to the next character. Uh, right. Let's talk about three letters. The uh, good, which the amazing Kevin. Voiced oh. by Fred Armesian. I think it's Armisen. 
Armisen. Oh yeah. my gosh, let me re-say that then. Voiced by Fred Armisen. Uh, he is really annoying. Do you have any yes. idea to guess of why? Um, nope. Well, here's my theory about it. I believe Kevin is annoying because he, as he said when we first met him, is Gary's space sanity or space insanity avoidance companion. Oh. Now, the best way to make sure that somebody stays sane is to have something that they love and something that they hate. Uh, in this case, it is easy to manufacture something that somebody hates, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to a personality. And by hating, by Gary hating Kevin... This keeps him somewhat sane because he has something to vilify and something to be angry at. So if we look at uh, Kevin being created to be annoying, the main reason mm -hmm. why they made him annoying instead of somebody that uh, Gary or anybody else would love is because it's just cheaper to make something you hate because it's so much easier to do. Well, that's, that's a good point. Um, I'm sure there are many comments that we could put on, uh, say about, you know, prison systems and things like that, <laughs> but we don't need to get into something like that. <laughs> but if you have any ideas or any comments or, uh, opinions about this, feel free to contact us about this. Oh yeah. I'd love like, to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah. Honestly, with you bringing that up, I sit there and I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. So if that is, like, they never say anything, um, and whether they say anything as the season goes on, we will have to wait and see. But so far, I, all we really know is that Kevin makes Gary's life miserable. Like, he really does. It's not that the other robots don't also kind of punish him because he's a prisoner. And I guess, you know, you did something wrong. And in Gary's case, he did something pretty bad. So it's okay to, you know, kind of shame him a little bit. But I mean, it's been five years. And Gary's the only person on the ship for five years. I kind of feel like anti-insanity can only go so far. Like he's basically just in self-isolation for five years. And we already know that isolation of prisoners has adverse effects on them, even for just like a, a couple days worth, let alone people that get, you know, thrown in the hot, uh, the, uh, in the icebox for, you know, six months or something like that. Well, as I've said, I think that this is the reason why they have Kevin in there is mm -hmm. to stop him from being insane and to give him something to hate. You know, keep him busy, I guess you could say, other than just doing your tasks. Because yeah. you do need to have somebody around to talk to, even if you don't like them. Mm, that's but, true. But it's not like we don't have other... Bleh, Gary doesn't have other people to talk to, though. Yes. Uh, let's move on to the next person Gary has to talk to. You. Mm -hmm. He is voiced by Tom Kenny. He is the ship's AI. And he's sort of Gary's warden. Uh, do you think he's too tough on Gary or too soft? Or what's your opinion of Hugh? Well, as the warden, I would say that it very much has a... He has a delicate balance. And since he is an AI, 
I would say that he's a little bit more unbiased. So, like, he doesn't have malice towards Gary like a person would because people are influenced by many things in their life. Where it, And it's not that Hugh would not be influenced by things either because he's an AI, but because he's an AI, his programming in a way would be a little less unbiased because of the way he's been built. Um, I presume, but I mean, there's no way that you're going to tell me this because it'll probably be a spoiler, that if we come to the end of Gary's prison sentence in this show, then we will see how Hugh is because what's Hugh going to be like when he's not a prisoner anymore? That, I think, will really be like telling me of is, is Hugh a good person or a bad person? I think AI. the term you're looking for is AI, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will only have to watch to find out, but let's move on to our next character. Mm-hmm. Avocado. Avocado is a Ventrexian, uh, voiced by Cody Galloway, and he is, of course, the main hero of the show. Jokes. All jokes. <laughs> I mean, he certainly seems like the most um, prepared of them. He's very much the Han Solo of the group, right? I would say he's the most, probably the most competent of the group. Exactly. Uh, but, but Very he also... close second is Quinn. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, I would also say kind of in the Han Solo way, he's an anti-hero. Like he starts out, he could be a villain. He could be a hero. I honestly still don't know where his true loyalties lie at the end of episode three. Like I honestly feel like he very much could cut and run or betray Gary. I say with, you know, finger quotes because betrayal is kind of in the eyes of the beholder sort of thing he might not see it as a betrayal if he needs to hand over gary to get his son back does that necessarily mean that he is a bad person i don't know remains to be seen but right now i'll just say i'm kind of giving him a little bit of side eye because like i don't i still do not entirely trust him I know why Gary does, though. That's because this is the first person that Gary has seen in five years. Excellent. Yes. I like Avocado. I like his the voice actor. I think he has an excellent voice for his character. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say too much about him, so I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> it's kind of uh, tricky to say things without leading into future events. Exactly. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little biased on him. And his uh, character, and I don't want to say anything about it. So let's move on to the next, <laughs> the the great, the Lord Commander, voiced by David Tennant. Everybody David, loves David Tennant. What? No way. Yes. I was what? Wow. I was wondering who the heck that was when his or who he was voicing when I saw his name show up. Yes, wow. this is uh, this is kind of an interesting one because he definitely does not sound like David Tennant. Uh, he's doing something with his voice to change it, but it is amazing. Mm-hmm. So for That's those good. of you who don't know, the Lord Commander is the embodiment of evil. Do you think he is justified in his crusade for what his search of Mooncake from what you know right now? I mean, he's the bad guy, like in the sense that he is like the bad guy. But 
we've only seen three episodes, so... I mean, we don't really know a whole lot about him. We know that he's got, like, by the end of episode three, we know that he's kind of, like, got his own deal with the devil sort of thing going on. Or, like, that's the way I interpreted it to me with his whole going to the helpers to... It felt to me like he had made a deal at some point before the show begins. And this is, like, the point where he's at in his own journey that we don't get to see because he's not the focal character. Yes. Well, we'll learn more about him later on, I'm sure. So, I mean, perhaps when I was younger, I would probably just be like, yeah, he's a bad guy. He's a bad dude. He's great. It's awesome. But these days, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. There's something else going on here. You know, I'm not I'm not going to make any commitments to how I feel until I learn more. So we're going to have to dig in a little bit. Like I said... Now that we've got like three episodes in, I'm at that point with the show where I'm like, okay, you know, tell me a little bit more. You've got me. I'm interested. Okay, well, that's basically all the important characters right now. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's talk about direction. For these three episodes, how do you feel about the direction? Uh, Do you mean in terms of like where we are going? As in uh, where do, where we started from and where we're heading. Do you think that uh, it was done well? Do you think that it could have been done be- better? Well, I can't really give any thoughts and opinions on that. Um, mainly because that's not... I wouldn't... I kind of feel like that's not something that is like a strong suit. Uh, of in uh, Very much not up my alley. So I don't have a whole lot of thoughts in terms of improvements or anything like that. A lot of it has more come down to like actual character beats and less like story beats. The story beats work fine for what for what we are doing. Okay. Personally, I think the direction is uh it's a pretty wide turn or a sharp turn. Uh I'm kind of back and forth about how I feel about that. <laughs> okay. But uh, I like where it goes, personally. Do you think you like where this goes? Yeah, I'm liking where it's going, absolutely. Okay. Um, so, um, I mean, I think I might have more to say on this when we go through a few more episodes. So, like, very much right now, I I need more information to, like, give more critical thought, let's say. And that's okay. This is only the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, let's move on to the next part, then. <laughs> Honestly, my favorite part of this series. Let's mm-hmm. talk about their portrayal of space. Mm, um, yes. Compared to, let's say, Star Wars or Star Trek. Personally, I love the amount of color that they have in it. They make space to be something so vast, so large, that's full of greens and purples and reds. Whereas, uh, personally, I think Star Wars and Star Trek was really lacking, but... I know, I know, everybody's going to come and yell at me. They're like, well, it was done so long ago. Of course it wasn't uh, as vibrant and uh, as popping out at you as uh, nowadays because, well, they didn't have all that much to work with back then and the the budgets were pretty low. But uh, I just love the way that they show it and they show you nebulas and basically the aftermaths of uh, stars that have 
exploded but not have not yet become black holes and stuff like that mm-hmm. or the recreations of new stars and that the um the cosmic dust and all that yeah i mean i absolutely like that too i very much appreciate that we get to see a whole lot of other space anomalies and things like that i almost feel like the only other shows that i can think of that similarly show things like that is either well other animated shows so like rick and morty or futurama are two that like jump out to me as showing that space is more than just a black void that has you know dots for other star systems but because of the fact that we have you know the light fold technology we're able to go to all of these different star systems and see what the heck is going on with them or get close enough that with the naked eye you can make out some of those other anomalies whereas that's also kind of not really the point when you're watching Star Wars and Star Trek. I guess, but I like it as a background so yeah. much. I mean, yeah, I I totally agree. Like I said, they, they have stuff like that in Rick and Morty and uh, Futurama as well. And it was very appreciated there. It, it just adds something to what you're looking at. Honestly, to me, it makes me feel like it makes space seem more vast you know there's a lot more in it than just stars well yeah that that's an interesting way to i I wouldn't have thought of it that way at first because it's like wouldn't you think it'd be more vast if you just see more and more black (laughs) but i get i get what you're saying exactly but how about you listeners what do you feel about this Mm -hmm. do you think it makes it feel vast or cluttered let us know yeah, that's actually a good point now that you think about it. I mean, yeah, what other people have to say about that. Now, Cameron, was there anything else you wanted to add on the show? For the moment, um, there isn't really a whole lot else that I would say. Um, I think I have more or less gotten everything that I have thought so far for three episodes, and um, we'll see what happens after the next three episodes. I wouldn't... Well- give like a recommendation yet outside of what I said at the beginning, where if you are a fan of Farscape, you should check this out just on like visual and like tone alone, because it very much is similar in that way. But other than that, um, I think I'll have more to say next episode. Excellent. Well, in that case, I only have one other question for you. Mm -hmm. You want to continue watching Final Space? Yes. Yes, I do. Excellent. Well, we shall continue. But until then, I'm Miles. And I'm Cam. And we will see you next time. Indeed.